Thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. It has been another messy week from the election debacle that is ongoing to another attack on U.S. cybersecurity, which the U.S. military now says exposes U.S. military bases on U.S. soil to direct attack. We have known for a long time that war was coming to U.S. soil. It is closer now than it has ever been. Stick with me to get all the details. The latest hack that began on government computer systems as far back as half a year ago appears to be in part perpetrated by China. This hack is now believed to have been responsible for interfering in the 2020 elections. But in this week's cybersecurity attack... It is being claimed by anonymous sources that FireEye and now SolarWinds were hacked by Russia, according to Bloomberg. But the U.S. government has not yet identified Russia as the attacker, and Russian officials have denied the hacking. Of course they would. Was it Russia, or was it China? Iran has been mentioned in the news, too, in regards to this. But let's stick with Russia and China. Why? First, the U.S. and China are at war. China has the world's largest navy now. It is focused on territorial waters of the South China Sea and the Arctic Circle at the moment, but don't think China would not set its nuclear subs off the west coast of the United States. Russia's navy is a threat to the U.S. as well. The U.S. is at war with Russia. The U.S. has responded in December to the increased Russian marine activity off of the U.S. eastern seaboard by deploying the U.S. Atlantic Naval Fleet against the Russians, which has been deploying closer and closer to our east coast. Military leaders have warned of Russia's increased presence in the Atlantic and the Arctic. When sailors leave the east coast now, they should expect to be operating in a contested space. In other words, the U.S. is at war with China and Russia without the President or Congress declaring such. And I will have a report of the danger to U.S. military bases inside the U.S. in a little while. It isn't just the operations of China and Russia in the oceans of the Pacific and Atlantic that are alarming. The northern and southern borders have been compromised by China. I will have more on these compromises in this report as well. Both China and Russia have America surrounded. But the left demo-communist CCC party media and anonymous government sources are making Russia the fall guy in these latest cyber hacks to distract Americans away from Chinese activity. The truth is more likely that Russia and China are now acting in concert. Ask the question, is it Russia or China or Russia and China? 
I will tell you in a little bit why I believe it is probably both. Disinformation by the CCP's U.S. media have become adept at distraction and outright lying to Americans. Russia is not the U.S.'s biggest threat. China is. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo started beating the China is America's biggest threat drum last January 2020. In September 2020, Pompeo said on September 2nd, Beijing has infiltrated the United States in ways that Russia has not. And on September 15th, he said, China's unfair economic practices and aggressive diplomacy, coupled with the fallout of the coronavirus pandemic, has awakened the world to the threat Beijing poses to international security and the global economy. On December 10th, 2020, in a paper titled Global Strategy 2021, an Allied Strategy for China, The Atlantic Council reported that China presents a serious challenge to like-minded U.S. allies and partners and the rules-based system developed by the U.S. after World War II. This challenge is evident across the economic and diplomatic slash political and security domains. Economically, Beijing is employing its economic power to engage in unfair trade practices, dominate the commanding heights of emerging technologies, make infrastructure investments that fail to live up to international standards, and engage in economic coercion. As China has become an economic power, its diplomatic influence has also increased and it has established strategic partnerships with other autocracies, including Russia and Iran. Moreover, China also presents challenges to global governance as its repressive political model and reliance on nationalism diminish opportunities for cooperation in a rules-based system. Finally, China is devoting its economic resources to strengthening the Chinese military and it has shifted the balance of power in East Asia raising questions about whether the United States can defend long-standing partners in the region. Now back to Bloomberg's article which says beyond cyber attacks and Chinese threats on America's allies like Taiwan and Japan the biggest threat the CCP poses for America is economic. The CCP has penetrated deep into Africa and uses its Belt and Road Initiative to adversely affect local populations around the world while further cementing its control both politically and economically. China's advance has been at the expense of American economic hegemony in many places across the developing world. Well, Bloomberg is wrong to say that China's main threat to the U.S. is economic. Throughout this article, you will see that China is a military threat to mainland USA and its cybersecurity. Now, I reported in October 2020 how China's rapid expansion in South and Central America with its Belt and Road Initiative there is a threat to the U.S.'s southern border and the U.S. economy. 
In August 2017, Beastwatch News reported about the Russian-Chinese-Iranian partnership in the Middle East and Africa. The reason... Americans are being blindsided and are only now seeing what's coming is because the left CCP media in the U.S. has focused everyone's attention on Russia with little mention of China. Now, the truck is barreling toward America on China's Belt and Road and it's too late to stop it before the crash. Most people are now buying into the media's blame of Russia as the military threat and cyber attacker, and few are pointing to China. However, I doubt that Russia has acted alone, but in coordinated effort with China. Here's the reason I earlier said China and Russia are likely together in the recent attacks. Again, I reported in October of 2020 that Russia and China have entered into a new military treaty. The agreement was made in August of 2020. Now, in the past, China and Russia acted alone in their hacks. The last hack was in 2015 when Russia hacked the Pentagon and the White House. And China also, on its own, hacked U.S. computers that same year. But 2020 saw China, not Russia become more active in provoking the U.S. and U.S. allies and interfering in the U.S. election. These are known facts to all media outlets. You're not hearing this in the mainstream, though. No, what they're telling you is that China is no threat to America, according to Joe Biden, and that it was the Russians who perpetrated election interference when they know full well that is not the case. Axios ran this article titled, We're Entering a New Golden Age of Chinese Journalism, last January 2020. Axios said a growing number of investigative journalists and news organizations around the world are investing more resources now in covering China from afar. The CCP claims China's rise offers the world an alternative to Western leadership and values. In the coming decade, journalism will be vital to understanding exactly what kind of global leader China will be. It may not take a decade for the Chinese to outpace the U.S. in leading the world politically and economically and militarily. China already outstrips the U.S. military in hardware and personnel. But Chinese President Xi Jinping has cracked down on media and civil society in China, making it increasingly difficult for journalists to operate inside the country. China's growing footprint abroad and its tendency to use threats, corruption, and coercion to get what it wants means that journalists in countries with more robust media freedoms now have lots of fodder for China-related stories without leaving home. Then... Axios proceeds to say that Russian meddling in the 2016 U.S. presidential election caught the U.S. off guard and helped newsroom editors realize the old system left blind spots in coverage.
The Russian hoax against President Donald Trump was a distraction from what the Obama-Biden administration got interrupted from, which was turning America over to China. I want to take you back to a series of articles I wrote in 2009 or 2010 in which I investigated and revealed that Obama is a communist. Quoting my own article, America is now ruled by communists. Obama's czars are all Marxists, communists, socialists, and fascists. He is a communist raised in the Little Red Church, the East Shore Unitarian Church. According to its own website, East Shore Unitarian Church, located in Bellevue, Washington, got that name because of well-publicized debates and forums on such controversial subjects as the admission of Red China to the United Nations. They're very big on social justice there in Obama's former church the progressive code phrase for communism social justice so Obama though is also a Muslim a Sunni Muslim and you would think he would understand that his brothers the Sunni Muslims of Uyghur China are suffering at the hands of the very same regime he has been trying to turn America over to. Axios.com has this report. Chinese officials have, since 2017, detained up to 2 million Uyghurs in re-education camps. They deny any abuses have occurred, claiming they're being used to root out extremism. But evidence has emerged to support allegations of torture, forced sterilization, and other abuses. There has been growing global condemnation of China over its treatment of Uyghurs and other ethnic minorities. At the UN in October... 39 nations, including the U.S., denounced Beijing for human rights abuses in Xinjiang. In the U.S., the Trump administration has imposed measures, including the sanctioning of Chinese Communist Party officials, while President-elect Biden has labeled the oppression genocide. A bipartisan group of senators has introduced a resolution to formally call the abuses genocide. Several major news organizations, including The Economist and Reuters, have created new positions specifically for covering China in the world, and many other outlets have dedicated resources to covering the topic. Reports have uncovered China's successful campaign to influence the United Nations, investigated business ties between China and the family of U.S. Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao, described Beijing's demands to Hollywood filmmakers and many other stories. It's not just China's activities stateside that are attracting media attention. Reporters are breaking major stories from countries 
countries around the world. In the Czech Republic, journalists recently uncovered a clandestine network that dedicated huge amounts of money and more than 2,000 hours of work to shore up China's faltering image in the country. In Poland, Reuters staff covered a Cold War-style intelligence battle there between the U.S. and China over Huawei. In French Polynesia, a dispatch by New Zealand China expert Anne-Marie Brady revealed the Chinese consulate's years-long illegal occupation of an expensive residence in Tahiti. In Germany, Hong Kong-born German journalist Didi Kirsten Tatlow uncovered how the Chinese Communist Party's Overseas Influence Bureau, the United Front Work Department, keeps tabs on Chinese students and professionals in the country. Australia. Top investigative journalists have written blockbuster reports for years about Chinese Communist Party linked money and influence in Australian politics, leading to a setup of new laws which took effect in 2019 and are aimed at keeping foreign influence out of their democratic processes. The U.S. could learn a thing or two. Pakistan. Dawn.com, one of the country's few independent media outlets, published documents laying out China's sweeping plans in Pakistan, including the construction of comprehensive surveillance systems in major cities. Americans and the entire world are now seeing China's threat. But in America, the big mainstream news outlets are in the pocket of the CCP via the growing communist social justice networks, such as Freedom Road and Black Lives Matter. And the news has pointed to Russia, not China, even though media outlets in other countries have been pointing to China and not Russia. There are hundreds of ways the U.S. press is twisting the truth and hiding the important news from Americans. They are not going to tell you what really is happening, that it more probably was China who hacked FireEye and not Russia alone. We now must be suspicious of everything that comes out in the U.S. press. They cannot be trusted. Now, more on the hacking problem. The Pentagon is on the run over the SolarWinds hack. Some of America's most closely guarded secrets may have been stolen in a sustained cyber attack on U.S. government agencies, so says the Times. The Trump administration has acknowledged that hackers acting on behalf of a foreign power managed to break into a variety of key government networks beyond the Treasury and Commerce Departments, gaining access to email systems during the attack, which lasted several months. It is not said which agencies were hacked, and so far no private sector victims have come forward. Just the News reported this week that the Pentagon on Tuesday ordered the emergency shutdown of a classified internal communications network. Three Defense Department sources have confirmed that. 
The unprecedented daytime shutdown comes amid recent revelations that other federal agencies, including the Department of Homeland Security, were breached by hackers. The Defense Department alerted employees that the CyberNet system uh, was being shut down in the late morning for emergency software updates, the sources told Just the News. The Pentagon did not immediately return a request for comment, including one on whether the shutdown was related to the hacking reported on Sunday, allegedly by Russian agents. The system, known as the Secret Internet Protocol Router Network, or CyberNet, handles classified information up to the secret level and was shuttered for several hours. And the U.S. government late Sunday night called on all federal civilian agencies to power down SolarWinds Orion products immediately because they are being used as part of an active security exploit. This is according to CRN, a United Business Media outlet. An emergency directive issued by the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agent, CISA, comes in response to a known compromise involving SolarWinds Orion products that are currently being exploited by malicious actors, according to the notice. This emergency directive calls on all federal civilian agencies to review their networks for indicators of compromise and disconnect or power down SolarWinds Orion products immediately. So let me be clear. Russia does espionage in the United States, as I said before. And Russia is not America's best friend. But Russia is also in military treaty with China since this past August, the Sino-Russian Defense Cooperation. So if Russia is behind these hacks, then it probably is doing so on behalf or in concert with China as a distraction for other CCP operations in the U.S. that are now exposed on the clothesline and flapping in the wind. Blaming Russia also makes good cover for the U.S. news media that is now pushing the CCP ideology. It wasn't just U.S. targets that the hacker went after, though. SolarWinds has over 300,000 global customers. It is China, not Russia, that is pushing to take over the world. And in a war... There are always tit-for-tat situations. We had a CCP leak this week. Sky News reported this week that a major leak containing a register with the details of nearly 2 million CCP members has occurred, exposing members who are now working all over the world while also lifting the lid on how the party operates under Xi Jinping. What is another word for the phrase CCP members? Spies. The leak is a register with the details of 2 million Communist Party spies. 
including their names, party position, birth date, national ID number, and ethnicity. The list exposes people who are members of the Communist Party and who are now living and working all over the world, from Australia to the U.S. to the U.K. Take note, these are Western Ephraimite nations. The article said the leak demonstrates party branches are embedded in some of the world's biggest companies and even inside government agencies. Communist Party branches have been set up inside Western companies allowing the infiltration of these companies by CCP members who, if called on, are answerable directly to the Communist Party, to the chairman, the president himself, this article says. Take note that it is the Western governments and companies that China is targeting I'm sure they are working inside Muslim countries too, but they have to bring down the West before they can move forward with killing all the Earth's Muslims. The leak, it says, will embarrass some global companies who appear to have no plan in place to protect their intellectual property from theft. The list was leaked in mid-September to the newly formed International Bipartisan Group, the Interparliamentary Alliance on China, and that group is made up of 150 legislators around the world. It was then provided to an international consortium of four media organizations, the Australian, the Sunday Mail in the UK, the Standard in Belgium, and a Swedish editor to analyze over the past two months, and that's what we've done, it says. The article said it is worth noting that there's no suggestion that these members have committed espionage, but the concern is over whether Australia or these companies knew of the CCP members, and if so, have any steps been taken to protect their data and people. And that is the concern, is it not? If the governments and companies know about these infiltrations and yet do nothing, what does that say about those people at the top of those governments and companies? Well, to me, it screams taking bribes and doing extortion. And now to that report about the U.S. military bases that are expected to be attacked in the U.S. BreakingDefense.com reports that U.S. bases inside the U.S. mainland are in even greater danger. Now, with the breaches in cybersecurity across U.S. agencies and possibly the Pentagon, the threat becomes even greater and more imminent. The article says, with Google going haywire this morning and news reports that a Russian hack of network firm SolarWinds could have compromised the Pentagon and other federal agencies, we've all gotten a sharp reminder of how vulnerable our high-tech world can be, and that includes the U.S. Army. So, this writer says, just imagine the worst day in the life of an army base commander. In the midst of an international crisis, while his troops rush to train up, kit up, and deploy abroad, suddenly the lights go out. 
A cyber attack has fried the power plant in the small town outside the base, and the base itself doesn't have enough backup generators to keep functioning at full capacity. Man, that's a nightmare, and that's exactly what it says here. The nightmare doesn't stop there. The signals at the local rail yard are all glitching. So you can't ship out your heavy equipment and the nearest seaport is shut down. Oh, and someone spread rumors online that the real reason the base is so busy is that the army is coming to confiscate private citizens' guns and they doxed all of your contractors and civilian employees. So now your cybersecurity chief can't come into work because heavily armed protesters have surrounded her house. And the best part, the bad guys didn't have to hack a single military system to do this. Just the independent civilian services your base depends on. Preventing this worst-case scenario is the purpose of the new Army installation strategy released this morning. That's happened this week. At just 16 pages, plus 6 pages of acronyms and official definitions, the strategy doesn't give specific recommendations on what base commanders should do. Those details are still being worked out, but it lays out a clear vision for what Army bases in the U.S. need to become resilient, adaptable, connected, and above all, not complacent. Central to this vision is an embrace of technology, networks, big data, artificial intelligence. Yes, networked tech is increasingly a source of vulnerabilities, but the new strategy clearly sees it as part of the solution as well. It's just not practical to disconnect military installations from vulnerable civilian networks and create an insular, isolated system, the strategy warns, and pulling the plug will only get more impractical in the future. Internet of Things technologies will become embedded, pervasive, and ubiquitous, the strategy says. It will be impossible to buy or build infrastructure that is not connected. This report focuses on the hack of civilian networks, but this week's hack focused directly on government networks. It says, but if the Army leans into technological change, picks the right innovations, and fully exploits them, the strategy says, it can make its bases much less vulnerable. Today's bases were largely built during the World Wars and Cold War following the Industrial Age organizational principles that, by modern standards, embody centralization, specialization, and rigidity. An information age design could give these base commanders real-time data on problems and needs, analyze that information using big data and machine learning techniques, and swiftly simulate alternative solutions and then help them reconfigure military use facilities to meet changing demands. What does this mean on a practical level? Army installations will need the latest generation wireless communication using 5G networks. 
or similar technologies to move large amounts of data in real time, creating what's called a common operational picture shared not across the given base but among all bases. They'll need extensive cybersecurity upgrades and surveillance systems and, to the maximum extent feasible, each installation will have resilient power, water, and communication systems. They're really pushing on that 5G thing. General Dynamics has already delivered at least two of its mobile protected firepower prototypes to Fort Bragg, but BAE is lagging behind, although it says its MPFs will make the Army's January 4th deadline to start testing. Of course, what's feasible depends largely on what's affordable. And historically, installation upgrades have repeatedly gotten pushed to the back of the line. It's always easy to argue that training exercises, equipment maintenance, or new weapons are more important. Right now, up to the point where base housing starts falling down or munitions factories explode... We have advocated for another round of BRAC, that's Base Realignment Act and Closure, <laughs> to reduce yearly installation support clock. Yeah, that's a good idea. Shut down all the bases so your cost will be less. But there doesn't seem to be a good political coalition interested in making that happen, said Tom Spore, a retired Army three-star now with the Heritage Foundation. Even the Pentagon has stopped requesting authorization for a BRAC in the last two years. Will a Biden administration change that? It's an open question. But, even under what are likely to be tight budgets, Sport told this author, I think there is a good chance that the most pressing installation needs will be met, assuming they make good sense. Power, resiliency, and tools to maintain a common operational picture seem the most likely to get support. Why? There is a new emphasis on resiliency and protection, he said, a part of the strategy well grounded in larger Pentagon priorities. This is reflective of greater power competition where competent adversaries will have the capability to create challenges for the U.S. within our own borders. Let me repeat that. Competent adversaries will have the capability to create challenges for the U.S. within our own borders, he said. The National Defense Strategy, or NDS, states the homeland is no longer a sanctuary, the Army Strategy says, invoking the holy, the current Holy Writ of the entire Defense Department. Army activities in the homeland and on our installations are at increasing risk of disruption and attack. And adversaries will use sophisticated intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance networks to target both military installations and soft targets associated with friendly forces, including private sector organizations, civilian infrastructure, institutional army and joint targets, communication networks, and service member families. 
Where is the mention of the enemy hacking the entire U.S. government, which is just what happened? These people are not seeing the big picture, and they cannot protect you. These military bases cannot protect themselves. How will they protect Americans? The article further says, So what is the army doing about all this? Well, not much yet. Currently, the Army does not have a comprehensive capabilities development effort underway to ensure the survivability and resilience of installations in the emerging operational environments, the strategy admits. But going forward, it says the Army will develop comprehensive risk-based assessments for installations to inform a prioritized list of protection capabilities. Yeah, well, they better get on the ball or Uncle Sam could get caught with his pants down around his ankles. What I have read here is all about technology. Where is the recommendation for base commanders to train their soldiers in warfare defense strategies and tactics, huh? Now, let's talk about that U.S. northern border. Rebel News has some interesting information on China's activities in North America, Canada, to be exact. The report starts by saying it almost sounds like a preposterous, albeit disturbing, fairy tale. Namely, did Justin Trudeau actually invite China to send members of its People's Liberation Army to Canada so that Chinese troops could do cold weather training at CFB Petawawa in Ontario? No, it's no fairy tale. It's true. And we have the paperwork uploaded to the chinafiles.com to prove it. And you can click on that link to read the official file with its redactions. Justin Trudeau invited China's People's Liberation Army to send its troops for cold weather training at CFB Petawawa in Ontario. And Trudeau raged at the Canadian Armed Forces for canceling the training after China kidnapped Canadian citizens Michael Spaver and Michael Kovrig. This is only one of many bombshell revelations in the China files, the 34-page access to the information document released by the Trudeau government to Rebel News, and you again can see that by clicking the link. Documents that normally would have been completely blacked out by government censors were instead grayed out. The documents remain completely readable. Rebel News has chosen to black out a very small portion that would otherwise compromise the safety of an individual. Rebel News explains how they got those secret documents. In April 2019, Rebel News first wrote to the government asking for any records corroborating a Russian report that Canada had sent a delegation to China for the 70th anniversary celebrations for the PLA Navy, a propaganda exercise held just months after the kidnapping of the two Michaels. The Trudeau government delayed replying to Rebel News for 19 months. 
But when they finally did, they not only confirmed their attendance at that macabre event, but listed other exchanges between the PLA and the CAF. Those include training Chinese commanders at the Canadian Forces College in Toronto as well as other military facilities in Kingston. Chinese military participants included one and two star generals and an entire contingent who would learn Canadian cold weather military tactics. The CAF's decision to cancel the cold weather training panicked Trudeau, who demanded that Canada's military not cancel any more engagements with the PLA without explicit permission first, and that the news of the cancellation had to be told to the PLA gently to let them save face. Other revelations include a disregard of a cabinet minister, Catherine McKenna, jetted to China for a three-day conference just months after the two Michaels were taken hostage. Trudeau sent nearly 200 CAF personnel to Wuhan in October of 2019 to participate in the Military World Games, a propaganda bonanza for China diplomatic reports that China is using its Belt and Road negotiations to demand that countries drop human rights complaints if they want trade deals, China's censorship of Twitter use and Chinese use of a smartphone app to track Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang, bureaucrats' bizarre protocol of of referring to accused fraudster at Huawei CFO Meng Wanzhou as Ms. Meng, but refusing to even mention the two Michaels by name, bureaucrats deriding concerns about military knowledge transfer to China as figments of the Trump administration. The China files show that Trudeau's submissive approach to China isn't just his personal obsession. It's the official policy of his entire government, and it has deeply infected Canada's civil service, too. Trudeau's right-hand man, Ian Shugart, was tasked with silencing the CAF's legitimate concerns about China and enforcing our military to continue acting as if China, not the U.S., was our most important ally. As a public service, Rebel News is is publishing the documents in full in the hopes that other reporters will continue to unlock the truth about how Trudeau is turning Canada away from our document allies and towards the world's greatest dictatorship. And here I have another link to that full document so you can get to it easily. And lest we forget, please remember that Russia has a huge military presence in the Arctic Circle, just above Canada's border. Trudeau has already accomplished what Hillary Clinton's Obama-armed government could not because Trump intervened for four years. 
Canada is way ahead of the U.S. on turning its democratic country into a communist Chinese one. Biden will finish off this process for Obama and Clinton. But you need to be aware that the Chinese army is sitting on the U.S. northern border and is also sitting on the U.S. southern border through their Latin America Belt and Road Initiative. The news reports about the treaty between China and Russia from last August nonchalantly say it is basically an I'll stay out of your way if you stay out of mine situation. Well, I think it is safe to say now that China and Russia may be colluding with each other to do to America what they both have wanted to for a long time, but were not able to do alone. The Sino in the aforementioned Sino-Russian defense cooperation identifies China as the people who occupied the Levant before Abraham's people came to take it back, which we still have not successfully done. Sino, as in Sinai Mountain, Sinai Peninsula, Sinai Desert. The Chinese are the Sino-descendants of Canaan. The Chinese are the ancient Canaanites who from Noah's lifetime have coveted the Levant and the Fertile Crescent, that swath of real estate that comprised, comprises rather most of the territory given to Noah's son Shem that was passed on to Abraham and then to biblical Israel. The Sino people's rise, the Canaanite Chinese's rise, has been slow and steady ever since China became a communist nation in 1949. However, it has been as if China was sitting on a launching pad with the fire burners on its rocket until someone pushed the button to finally launch it. It was the Obama-Biden administration that pushed that button. Now, China's 2019-2020 rise has been meteoric, faster than it was starting a decade ago. China's rise is prophetic. In Numbers 14, the wandering 12 tribes were tasked with bringing back a report from the land to encourage the people about how good the land is. Instead, 10 of 12 spies brought back an evil report and they rejected the land. Yahweh's anger caused them to rethink their position and Go take the land on their own without Yahweh's help. But Moses told them, Numbers 14, 42 and 43, Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that you be not smitten before your enemies, for the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you shall fall by the sword, because you turned away from the Lord. Therefore the Lord will not be with you. These same Amalekites and Canaanites are facing Jacob today. As Mystery Babylon is rising on the world stage, so must the Amalekites and Canaanites, today's Iranians and Chinese. The Canaanites know that Jacob in the West wants Israel, 
President Trump pushed to make Jerusalem central to the global economy and religious worship. But the Amalekites and Canaanites want the real estate and for Abraham's Jacobite line of people to all be dead. Russia is of Persian stock and so supports Iran, modern Persia. Today, Iran has treaties with Russia and China. Yahweh is letting the world powers prepare for the coming chaos of the tribulation. Russia and China will face off with America and its western allies because the west is largely where the scattered 12 tribes are. Iran will face off with Israel having Russia's and China's help. When the attacks come to the west and Israel, nothing will stop it. The U.S. and Israel together do not have the firepower or troop counts that Russia China and Iran have together. Joe Biden's prophetic end time role may be to keep up appearances of the situation between U.S. and China as working and workable for the next four years while Americans remain blind to the danger and Israel continues to rise as the world's global religious power. China is anti-religious communism. Russia's communism tolerates religious people. These two communisms will face off with the world's religious capital, Jerusalem, which is a Marxist, communist, Kabbalist religious entity. So, who has hacked the U.S. security corporations that protect vital classified information on strategic military and other plans? Both China and Russia. But which country has been the most active in undermining the United States in the last four years? China. Don't let the media turn your head toward Russia as it has done over the last four years so that you don't see that big China truck that's barreling toward you. You need to see both. The political climate of North America has become distinctly Chinese communist through Justin Trudeau of Canada and the Obama-Biden administration, which is set to continue on January 20th, 21, if the GOP does not overthrow the election. And even if the election is overthrown and Trump remains in office, China will continue on its course to rise as the Canaanite confrontational power that intends to destroy all of Jacob's family and take back the land they lost to Israel. Blessed are you, Yahweh Elohim, creator and king of the universe. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into adversity, but deliver us from harm. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly 
Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.